This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. I hope you all are getting used to this new schedule that we have here. Bring a lot at you. Yeah, for the month of August. Uh, of course, that kicks off with Tunchum Wolf from 10 to 12, then Wesley Euler taking over at noon till 1 o'clock, bringing us to, to us. Bringing us to us. Is that uh, bringing everyone right, right. to us here from 1 to 3? <laughs> uh, then it, from uh, 3 to 6, you'll get Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes here as well. Uh, and then we're finishing up the day with myself and Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson. On the, uh, what are we calling that thing? The uh, training camp training report. Camp recap, or no, no. I'm training sorry. camp report, where we kind of okay. talk about yep, the yep. day's events as a whole uh, to kind of wrap up the day. So 10 hours of good Steelers talk, wall-to-wall here on uh, Steelers Nation Radio, where, uh, why would you listen anywhere else? Right, we bring it to you hot and heavy. Right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Been, been good stuff. It's been fun. Matt, we're uh, now four days into the veterans being here in camp. We spoke with Mike Tomlin this morning. Uh, we'll play that back later in the show. Right, uh, but Tomlin, that's the biggest news of the day. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And Tomlin uh, talking about what he saw uh, from Ben Roethlisberger earlier this week when Roethlisberger three said the velocity was there. He, he said, you know, uh, contrary to what uh, Deontay Johnson said earlier in the week that you know Roethlisberger threw a real tight spiral. Uh, Tomlin said, I've seen him throw tighter spirals. He, he said, Yeah, that, okay. Yeah, right. okay. I, yeah, fair I, enough. Right. <laughs> don't want to give him, don't want to get too big. Yeah. <laughs> but Tomlin was quick to note as well that he said, Look, we're, we're not doing this. These are walkthroughs. Yeah, right. They're not, they're not full speed practices. They're nothing of the sort. I mean, Deontay and ben hasn't been with Ben a ton, more than you and I have, obviously, catching passes. But I, I'm sure if you said, Ben, were you letting it rip? No, I probably have more. Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know I mean? pretty, you know, I'm I'm throwing seventy five percent or whatever. You know, whatever the, the yeah, level whatever he's, he's comfortable as with. As we and... watch him uh, throw some balls here and complete some passes to Juju Smith Schuster. How about that? There's one to Deontay Johnson. So yeah, I think uh, you know, he said, but I'm I'm happy with where he's at right now in terms of his recovery. I I think he's it's all been positive. Yeah, I like, I think right? that they have to feel that way, and and uh, you know. It's hard not to. I mean, you know, considering the guy. Here's the thing. Think about this. They Their opener this year is on September 14th. Okay. Monday night. He got hurt last year on September 15th. Was it really? So it'll be a, it'll be almost a year to the day so that he'll have gets, thrown a, a pass in anger. I hadn't realized that, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, originally I thought, boy, it's you, you kind of corrected me. When the schedule came out, I thought, man, I don't want to start the season. You don't get that, by, that extra day going into a Monday nighter. And then you got a short week right to start, and you're like, "But Ben returns in the Big Apple on Monday Night Football." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. You know, like yeah, that's a good, nice, nice way to go out on Broadway. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, all eyes will be on the Steelers that night. All eyes will be on Ben Roethlisberger, as absolutely. they have been throughout this training. I mean, it's one of the biggest stories around the league. It's sure, absolutely. Uh, and you know, no matter how you look, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback mm-hmm. uh, coming back. Um, it's it's very much like Peyton Manning. 
uh, you know, when he, when, when, that, he joined, right? uh, when he joined the, the Broncos. And there sure. was a lot of Bronco news that year. Well, it's all about Ben Roethlisberger this year. Yeah. I mean, obviously, people don't have Brady changing teams and things like that, too. Yeah. I mean, it's not the only story in town. But it's gigantic. And, frankly, you saw what he brings to the table. You know, I mean, sometimes the best way to show your value is when you're not there. Yes, <laughs> as I found out yesterday. That's <laughs> ah, yes, Coach Lawley. The, the, uh, the playoffs didn't treat your team quite as well as the regular season. No, stuck no. you with me. Yeah, and I, yeah, that well, yeah, well, we'll neither here we'll nor turn there. Turn the page on that. Turn the page on that. And, and uh, but uh, Mike Tomlin talking about. I, I asked him specifically about the rules. We've talked about this, and and there was some uncertainty there. Like I said, when the season starts, if you sign a veteran guy, you bring in a guy, is he going to still have to go through those? that waiting period before he can join the team. And he said, absolutely, that's going to be yeah. the case. So that you, practice squad, those 16 spots are going to be very important. That's he your said, emergency. Yeah, he said year, we're going right. to have to be very uh, cognizant of what we do with that, with that, with with those extra spots. Um, As you were saying that, I was sitting there thinking, well, usually you walk into the pro, uh, pro uh, personnel guy's office and he's got a big emergency yeah. list. And when 10, hurt, 15, 20 deep, sure. whatever it is, at every position. Every position, and they update that constantly as waivers go and people change and people get hurt. And in the second quarter when your guard gets hurt, they, they call up the pro personnel coordinator and he goes and looks at the board and says, I better call this guy, get in touch with his agent, and you know, you hope to get him here for the next week. Well, now that depth, you know, you're, you're – your current depth chart, the Steeler depth chart, will be, okay, I got these guys here on game day, and now my practice squad is down here. I, okay, I'm going to shift him up here. It'll look more like a spider web, you know, like, and then I can fill in his spot a couple weeks from now right. when my emergency guy I, I'm clears. often asked, like, you know, do the Steelers stash guys on the practice squad that they, that they have hope for? I'm like, I don't think that happens too much in today's NFL because those guys can, can be signed away. They can. I mean, so it, if you're going to stash a guy, you kind of – you might have one or two spots on your roster where you, the guy's kind of on scholarship. You don't have you – like Fred Johnson, for example, last mm-hmm. year. The Steelers liked him enough that they didn't want to expose him to waivers – Right. Early in the season, then they had some injuries that forced them. They were gonna they were gonna try to sneak him onto the practice squad, mm-hmm. and and when they released him, the Bengals picked him up right away. The rest of the league had he been yeah, had he been on the practice squad right away. You're trying to hide this guy in the practice squad. He's already signed away. That doesn't happen. There's no hiding. Yeah, Tuzar Skipper got signed immediately when the Steelers released him. Right. And they were gonna put him. They had all intentions of putting him on the practice squad. Those guys who are on the practice squad are are there for anybody to sign. Right, but they have to. In case people don't know, like when we when our season was shot with the Browns, we really attacked other practice squads, saying our fifty three stinks. You know, yeah. you're, you're, we'll bring some new. We know we can lose with these guys. Let's bring some new guys in from other teams. So if you go raid the Titans practice squad, you can't steal them and put them on your practice squad. You have to put them on the big roster. Right, you, you have know, to sign them to your roster. That that's the one caveat there. And they can match it though. They can match it, yeah. and you can pay a guy on your practice squad as much as you want. Like that you could, you could, nice part, you can yeah. have a guy in your practice squad making five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Now that's not good business, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it if might it, convince him to stick around. It might right. convince. Hey, we're we we like you. Mm-hmm. The only difference is if you're a young guy or you're a guy. Let's say you're 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 just on the edge of getting. Your your three years in, so you get the pension. Mm-hmm. If you're on the regular, if you're on the uh, active roster, that counts towards your your pension. Yeah, so where that's the practice the, squad does right, right, where the practice squad that's does a big not. Deal. Yeah, right. understandable. Um, what was I going to say about that? But, anyway, but this year, I mean, you, this year you can you can put six veterans 
on your practice squad. Six mm-hmm. veteran, six guys who 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 meet the the requirements of being a veteran that n- wouldn't normally be eligible for your practice squad. You can use six of those guys on your practice squad this year. Hence, the Steelers, I think, making the move to go get you know an extra running back, an extra safety. I, th- right, I think that right. helps you there because now you can. Perhaps even put it, you know, you can take a guy like, I'm just going to throw a name out there. You could take a Kareth White and put him on your practice squad or a Jalen Samuels and put him on your practice squad. Right. Whereas before you might not have been able you to might do not that. Do that. Yeah, there were fewer spots. Um, you know, like when I was at the college level, you have much bigger rosters, much more guys on scholarship, obviously. But there's a lot of them you don't want to play, too. Right. I mean, you still play basically the same number of people on game day. But when you look at the, the, the depth chart, the receivers might be. 10 deep, but number eight is a true sophomore that's still learning. You don't want to put him in the yeah. game yet. But you, know? you like him enough that, that you want... You're happy he's part of the organization. Yeah, right. And when that senior is going to leave, he may be the starter next year. But, I mean, the practice squad is going to kind of be like that, where, okay, our receiver depth chart all of a sudden is eight deep. Yes. And, and you know what I mean? We lose two of them over a course of two And you can stretch. bring two of those guys up on game day to go to yeah. a 55-man roster without passing them through waivers. So I expect teams to do that every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about that, too, because I, I think Stan asked me about that. I'm like, well, someone, and I always bring up Belichick, which is you know tongue-in-cheek to some degree. Is he going to have some Corderell Patterson, Taysom Hill, some kind of specialty player that he hasn't unleashed yet, and then in week eight he calls him up right before the game, and nobody prepared for it all week. You know, like there could be some gamesmanship is all I'm getting at. You yeah, know, with that, which is fine. With but me. the I don't pro- care. but the problem is, is then you got to put him back to the, move him back to the practice squad, mm-hmm. and then anybody can sign him. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you show the world what you like yeah. the guy. But you know, it, it would have been perfect for the Steelers against the Bengals that Monday night, like. Let's bring some secret or not? Was that was that a Monday night? Whenever they did all the Wildcats, the Sunday it was yeah, a yeah, Sunday, Sunday game. Yeah, let's bring somebody that no one's seen before because we're in trouble, you know, and right. try something new, you know. Yeah, and you you see, I, I, you, again to, to go back to the college game, um, they change numbers and stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, guy, right. yeah. Right. Why is that? You know, that guy's wearing thirteen this week. Uh, yeah. Last week he was seventeen. You know, what's what's up with that? And back to the college game too. Like I mentioned, that sophomore that's your eighth receiver, especially if you're like at Bama. He might be awesome and a five-star recruit right. who's never played and no one knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, the corner across him is like, who's this guy? Is he fast? Is he slow? Is he, you yeah, know, you don't know anything about him. About him right. um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see, uh, again, as Tomlin said, we ha- they're going to have to be very thoughtful about how they build that practice squad because sure. you have to have depth at every position. You get 16 spots. Versatility is going to be keys. You know, the, the younger versions of Wisniewski's and uh, – Cortland Sutton's, you know, guys yeah. that can do a Cameron lot. Cameron Sutton. You keep calling him Cortland, yeah. I know. Again, if, if the Steelers had Cortland Sutton, he would not be on the practice squad. He would squad. not be on the practice squad. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is Cameron. But, um, but people that can do a lot for you yes. are going to be that, right. Uh, Three def- people get hurt. A defensive back that can also play safety or mm-hmm. a defensive back who's not just a, a slot guy, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, you know, if you can play inside or out or if you, you're, you're a linebacker and – yeah, you're an inside backer, but maybe you can rush from the outside a little bit or something like that sure. just to you get can you get through. Us through a game yeah. as our third outside linebacker because we lost two dudes yesterday. Yeah, you know, I mean that kind of stuff's going to be valuable. Or he can be a personal protector on the punt team. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're that's no right. that goes beyond what right, most right. fans think about, but that's that's huge. I mean, you're going to keep those guys, and again, you're. You know, when they get down to 80 players, you're only going to be releasing 11. I know. That's what I keep going back to, too, is <laughs> all these dudes at camp. Like, if we were 
and you'll be there and I won't because of the, the season. But if we were in Latrobe right now, you spend all day talking about, oh, that, that dude 37 caught my eye or this you know, oddball, yeah. he had a nice practice. Who's that guy? You know, Now, if it was this year, you'd be like, I better know all these guys pretty well because yeah. they're all going to be here. There's basically. only 11 getting cut. I mean, right, you know, right. eight ninths of them are going to be here. Yeah, you know? in a, but in a typical training camp, you're looking at you know 21 of those guys getting cut. Right. Actually, more than more that than because that, yeah, that, right. you're looking at almost 30 of those guys getting cut. Mm-hmm. So you, you're like, oh, I'm not going to. You know, that guy's not going to yeah. be around. I don't need to know much that, about that, him. Right. So, you know, that guy who's running with the four string offensive lineman. I, I, I don't need to necessarily right. know that name. Right. Um, you know, there may be some guys that you typically you're like, oh, okay, that guy caught my eye. But then the, he's catching the coaches, coaching staff's eye too. So he starts moving up the depth chart. Then you start to catch it. Then you and then you have games with which to right, see these right, guys right, play. Right. We don't have that. Oh, he played with the twos. Yeah. Uh, he might make the team. Let's go <laughs> learn about Johnny. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. So there's a, there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, you know, it's it just uh, we're not getting to see it. We'll get to see it here in a few weeks. So this is the uh, the last week of the the basic, essentially the what's what's a, uh, the opening week of OTAs. Next week they'll go to uh, they'll start putting shells on. They'll start putting helmets on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll you know as they continue to ramp up towards that uh, August seventeenth first day in padded practice that we're allowed to be in there to see it. So, so yeah, it's moving along. I mean, again, every day at least we have something to talk about. There's news. Getting more exposure to the players and coaches is yeah. what started this conversation. Speaking of news, today is the opt-out day, four o'clock this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, team or players must inform their teams in the league if they're going to opt out. The, the the list is up to sixty players now. I know. I wanted to go over that list once again here today. We uh, should do it again tonight, and too. we'll probably yeah, lo- talk right. about it more tonight if there's any surprising uh, or That's additions. That's the biggest to that. news in the league. Absolutely, on this Thursday, sixty right. players. You're talking about a full team that has opted out. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, Frankly, 20 of them might not have been football players. Right, and that's that's the other part of the equation. But let's talk about that list right after this on The Drive. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the official bank of the Williamson household because Matt's, work, so. my, Matt's wife works there. For quite some time. <laughs> so uh, they've, they've been sending checks our way for quite a while and been working out quite well. It's, it's nice when the bank sends you the checks. Right. I keep telling her, why don't you move a decimal point or something while, you know, on our account while you're in there. <laughs> uh, but anyways, 4 o'clock today is the opt-out uh, period yeah, for big, the NFL. Big deadline coming up. Uh, there's some differences there you can be the voluntary opt-out in which in which case you get one hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars you have the high risk opt-out which is three hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars but the player must have a diagnosis to reflect their medical rector uh, reflected on their medical records with one of the following factors uh, which is based on the uh, modified list for the uh, CDC that includes cancer uh, chronic kidney disease uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease immunocompromised state from a solid organ transplant, heart, serious heart conditions such as heart failure, coronary artery disease, cardiomyopathies, sickle cell disease, type 2 diabetes, asthma. Uh, so there's a bunch of stuff Bonner, on there. Yeah, yeah. serious conditions. Hypertension, yeah, right, right, high obviously. blood pressure, all kinds of stuff that, that 
could certainly qualifies you, huh? yeah. Um, so the voluntary opt out. Real quick though, if your wife has any of those or your children, yes, I don't think does that count. Uh, I think that's where that's where you see the guys taking the voluntary opt outs. That, so they get the one fifty and not the three. They get the one fifty. Yeah, yeah. the, the The thing about that is that money that's essentially a loan. Yeah, that's odd to me too. But um, that you're paying on their salary what they would have earned. Mm-hmm. So if you at the, you know at the end start of the next season you, you're going to have to pay that money back. Um, but it helps you get through the yeah right right yeah, right right get through this tough you time for not you know for your choice yeah which is why the the league um, it moved up that date because as you'll see from this list uh, we're going to go through the list of more than sixty players who've opted out at this point um, there's some guys on here that weren't going to make a roster right and we can just bypass them and then yeah. they'll get the one fifty or whatever and. Uh, who knows if they ever pay it back or whatever, but at least they're getting a chunk of money, and it might be the smart move. Yeah. Uh, so for the, uh, I'm going to go through the voluntary opt-outs okay. first here. Uh, it's Canthony Thomas and Andre Smith for the Ravens, neither one of whom is earth-shattering. I don't know that Andre Smith's super interested in playing football anymore. Yeah, right. I don't know that he ever has been, <laughs> right? considering right. how he's played. Yes. Uh, the Bills, though, Star Lutalele and EJ Gaines. Yeah. St- starting I mean, defensive tackle, and I believe Gaines is their nickel corner. Right. He plays a lot of snaps, yeah. too. And Tredavious White's the one that everyone's kind of waiting on, but yeah. it sounds like that probably won't happen. But those are prominent snaps off a of good defense. Yeah, two, right. two very good players off their defense. Uh, for the Cowboys, it's uh, cornerback Maurice Canada and wide receiver Stephen Guidry. Canada plays some snaps for them. A little. Yeah, I yeah. think he has some value. Yeah. Right? That he would have made the team. And, you know. Yeah. For the Packers, it's wide receiver Devin Funchess, and that was their. They didn't draft a, a wide receiver. Which their big offseason right. move was was signing Devin Funchess to help out that wide receiving group. Mm-hmm. They're going to get no. In for Devin, he didn't play last year much either. No, right. He signed ten million dollars of the Colts. Got hurt. So we haven't seen him in two seasons. Yeah, I don't know if he ever plays again. He may not. And a lot of us rolled the, rolled our eyes whenever the Colts gave him ten million. That was like right when free agency opened a year, two, year, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Um. I was hard on the Packers offseason, as many were. But it also tells you, I mean, give them some credit. They may like uh, Alan Lazard or one of those guys yeah. better than we think, you know. They better. They better, right. <laughs> uh, the Houston Texans, it, it was a defensive tacky, tackle Eddie Vander does. Uh, he played, I don't know he'd make it. He, he started three games for them oh, last they? year. Yeah, and they, they lost Jamie Reeder. So mm-hmm. there's there's some spots there to, you know, to fill. Um, so They're thin up front. Yeah. Uh, for the Jaguars, it's uh, edge rusher uh, Lorente McCray or McCrary. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not real familiar with McCray. Them yeah, the Chiefs, uh, Laurent Devernie Tardif, uh, they're starting, starting left guard. guard. Yeah, right. he's a good player. Yeah, he's good their best player. interior lineman. Uh, for the Dolphins, they lost two wide receivers, Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson. Both have had a track record. Yeah. track record in the league. Both I mean, have been for them, but you know, right. good depth players at the NFL. Right. They're level. NFL players. Yeah, for the Patriots. Yeah, they get hit hard. Do- linebacker Dante Hightower, fullback Dan Vitale. Running back Brandon Bolden, offensive lineman Najee Turan, wide receiver Marquise Lee. Mm-hmm. That's not even the biggest names. That's it, not the biggest names, the, the, right? The, yeah, Lee's like Hearns. I mean, he's been around the league and probably would have made the team. Bolden's a great special teamer. I mean, yeah, that's his right. beauty, and Belichick loves him. And Hightower's huge. I mean, because they already lost Jamie Collins. Um, the the line all they lost Van Noy. They all these essentially lost four linebackers they from did. Life, all, all four starting linebackers from yeah, here. And ago. Chung, who we'll get to, who's a strong safety yeah. pick. For the Eagles, they lost wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. Mm-hmm. They gave up a pick for him on draft day. Yeah. So, I mean, he was going to make the team. Right. Yeah. Uh, for the 49ers, it was wide receiver Travis Benjamin, and they are down some receivers already in mm-hmm. camp. Uh, so, Might have been in the mix. Yeah. Maybe. 
uh, for the Seahawks offensive lineman Chance Warmack. He's another one that I, I don't know that he's been super motivated since he came in the league, but their line needs all the help it can get. Right. At the very least, it was a depth piece for them. Right, I would assume. He, he's been a washout since being a high pick. Uh, for the Tennessee Titans, offensive lineman Anthony McKinney. I'm not familiar yeah, with him. I don't just, know just a guy. Higher risk opt-outs. That would include former Steelers uh, line, offensive lineman uh, Marcus Gilbert who, with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was coming back off yet another torn ACL. Uh, don't know what the, what the high risk was there, but... Certainly uh, not looking good for Marcus. I, right. I, I don't know if he ever plays again. Maybe not. I mean, my hunch is the Cardinals over – even when they, I mean, they only gave a six-round pick right, yeah. to the Steelers. They, then they re-signed him this year. I yeah. Mean, y- I'm y- sure they like him when he's out there. But oh, he's a good player when he's on the field. He just hasn't been able to be out there the last couple of years. But uh, Jonathan Jones – Jones, the kid from Houston, the tackle from oh, Houston, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. fell in their lap in the early third round. I would imagine he'll get thrown right into the mix. For the Can- Carolina Panthers, it was linebacker Christian Miller. Okay. Yeah, he's sort of an edge pass rush type guy. Yeah. I mean, their defense is super thin. Uh, for the Browns, it was offensive lineman Colby Gassett. I've heard Gossett. they like him. And yeah, I, he was going to be in the mix. I heard of him, to be honest. He with was going to be in the mix to start for them yeah. at guard, and uh, that's not going to happen now. I, yep. Yeah. So he's one of those guys. If you're real close to the team, you're like, oh, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. And then, oh, yeah, not going to happen. Uh, for the Rams, it was offensive tackler tackle uh, Chandler Brewer. I'm not familiar yeah. with him, but. The Vikings defensive tackle Michael Pierce. We've talked about right. that one a lot. They That's just a gave big him loss. Decent money. Yeah. Right, right. Big run stuffer, nose tackle type. Uh, another Patriot. Right tackle Marcus Cannon. This that's a That's huge giant. One. Yeah. I mean, he's an average starting right tackle. And I was told after this news came out that they were worried that he might retire before the whole COVID stuff. So, you know, I guess this was an easy decision for him. But it makes me think you had a lot of picks. You didn't use a second-round pick on a tackle, or you know, I mean, tackles aren't hard, easy to find. Yeah, and no, we'll get to a couple of those, no doubt. Um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, offensive tackle Brad Seaton, uh, not a big deal. No. Uh, for the Washington uh, football, football team, team, right? Can't get used to saying it. Uh, defensive end Caleb Brantley. Uh, he's been around for a little while, yeah. but not a big deal. Uh, unspecified opt-outs at this point. These are still unspecified. For the Carolina Panthers, linebacker Jordan Mack. Okay. Yeah. Not a big. Again, these are some of these guys we're, we're looking at this going, I'm not going to make this team anyway. So. Right. I'll take the 450 yeah. or, or 350. For the Chicago Bears, defensive tackle Eddie Goldman. That's a yeah. big one. It That's is. A big I mean, one. He's, he's another f- big nose tackle type in his prime. Very good football Their player. Their D line looked nasty, and it still looks good, but now it's less of a strength. Yeah. Uh, safety Jordan Lucas as well. Okay. Don't, I think he's a core special teamer, but yeah. I'm not positive on that. For the Bengals, uh, defensive tackle Josh uh, Tupau. I don't know him. And offensive tackle Isaiah Prince. Um, okay. It would have been a depth piece for yeah, them. Yeah, so he might have made the team. Yeah. For the Browns, uh, guard, maybe guard Drew Forbes, uh, another opt-out for them. Okay. Uh, offensive tackle Drake uh, Dorbeck. And defensive tackle Andrew Billings, who was a, yeah, a another... free agent signing for them, that they were looking forward to. He, they are going to plug him in uh, to, to be in the mix. Nose the, tackle type yeah, for sure, but a big defensive power player. Line. Right. And a lot of these noses are opting out. But they, they signed him quickly in free agency. Yes. He was going to play early down snaps for them without question. Uh, for the Cowboys, uh, fullback Jameez Olwale. Real quick, Browns, we mentioned yesterday, linebacker safety is really questionable. We mentioned about Lamar. Now you lose your nose tackle, like right up the middle there. Right at the middle, yeah. Hmm. And three offensive linemen. Right, right, before right. Before you start camp. That's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's something. Uh, had the, the fullback from the the Cowboys doesn't uh, no doesn't affect anything. Denver defensive tackle Kyle Pecco and right tackle Juwan James. 
Pacheco's a nose tackle type. I mean, he would be down their list. Um, but James, uh, we'll get to uh, C.J. Mosley in a minute. I mean, that's crazy that two years ago, both these guys were like the highest paid tackle and linebacker in the league because they were free agents or right around that neighborhood for James. They get hurt. You get nothing out of them after you sign them. And then they opt out the next year on you. Like, yeah, that like, hurts. I wonder in those cases, is Denver and New York going to be excited that they are that they have this guy next year? Like, we've got nothing out of you in two years. We're going to pay you a huge contract. And now you're 30. And, now, yeah, <laughs> and you had played in three years. You yeah. know, like, what good are you to us? And I'm paying you $20 million. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, yeah, especially you know if if the cap goes down like, mm-hmm. like people are expecting, that, those are easy cuts. Yeah, I guess boom, yeah. move on. I know what life's like without you. Um, for the Lions, there's a new name on this list, and mm. it's a it's a big one, um, or at least it's a, a, a name guy. Uh, defensive tackle John Atkins, wide receiver Geronimo Allison, center Russell Bodine. Okay, Bodine's a guy who. Maybe he's not a starter for them, but he's no, right he's there. Will be the yeah, starter, he's their Wisniewski, though. Right, right, right. Who can play guard for you? Can play center. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, know, he's started quite a few games in the yeah, league. Yeah, I, right. I mean, it's a valuable guy to, to have on your on your roster somewhere, and you right. don't have him now. They lost Glass now too, who was a, a, a you know a big time interior guy yeah. for them. They got some names on that like offensive line: Glass now, Ragnow, Glass now. The Colts uh, linebacker Sky Moore, uh, defensive back Ro- Roland Milligan, and defensive back Marvell Tell. Tell's been around for a little bit. Tell's been around a little bit. People had some high hopes for him. Yeah, Sky Moore, I remember coming out in the draft a couple years ago. I liked him a little bit. He can run. Yeah. Uh, So probably wouldn't have been maybe a special teams guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's three linebackers ahead of him for sure. Yeah. Uh, for the Jaguars, defensive tackle Al Woods, a former Stealer, who's been a, he's hung a, he's been around the league a long he time, has, now. Right. like ten years in the league for a guy who was undrafted. Good, at one for, point. Him, Good right. for him, right? Make something out of yourself. Um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, running back Damian Williams and offensive tackle Lucas Nyang, who was a draft pick this year for them, right. uh, he had a, a major hip surgery in the offseason. Yeah, he had a big red flag. Talked to out. him at the combine, and they he did. thought he was thought he was all healed up from that. Uh, he was gonna he was in that. Mix is one of the top, you know, ten to twelve offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Had he not gotten hurt, maybe he's in that top he's a brand name six guy. to eight. Right, right. Yeah, um, but he's sitting out the year. Bumped him into guard this year. There's some possibility. Yeah, right. That's I mean, a, he's a big body. Guy. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders defensive back DJ Killings, uh, defensive end Jeremiah Valoga, and linebacker Ukeme Iligwe. I don't know any of those. Don't guys. know any of right. those guys. Probably smart moves. The Patriots again. Yeah, safety Patrick Chung, tight end Matt Lacoste. And look, they're, they're, those are guys. The two guys that probably would have made their team. Oh, Chung's a, a Chung's a, a starter, a foundational yeah. player for it. He's getting up in age. Now they but, did draft a, a, a guy in the first round. Their like first, that. their first right, round right, pick right. was a, a potential Chung replacement. Well, now they have to move that up, that yeah. timeline up faster. I wonder if Chung comes ever come, ever comes back too. There's yeah, poten- potentially not, you know, because age. they're going to replace him. And then who's Lacoste? I mean, I, I like the two tight ends they drafted, especially Austin. He would have been the veteran guy, probably, though, right, that, that was right. there to mentor those guys. I mean, he had a good chance to make that team. Yeah. Uh, the Saints, it's still tight end uh, Jason Vanderlaan and tight end Cole Wick, neither one of whom okay. is yeah, just and they depth, drafted a tight end depth pieces. High, so. The Giants, left tackle Nate Solder, mm-hmm. wide I, receiver. I his son or daughter has a yeah, there's a ailment. Yeah, there's a situation yeah. there. Wide receiver Damari Scott cornerback Sam Beal. Beal's an interesting one because yeah. he was the supplemental pick two years ago, um, and they gave up a third, I think, to get him in the supplemental. 
he got hurt his whole rookie. Like the second they brought him to camp, he got hurt. Yeah, and then he opts out on you too. So they, they don't know where he is. Yeah, they may have been counting on him for some snaps this year. Because at one point they liked him a yeah, lot. Yeah, you know, right. And they're, they're breaking in Bradbury as the other corner. You know, like they've tried to get corners, and it's not working out for them. Yeah, uh, for the uh, the uh, the Jets, uh, there's an offensive lineman whose name I can't pronounce, and he's yeah. no big deal. But linebacker C.J. Mosley, who you talked about, I mean, yeah, we already talked big about big contract that. last year. He played about. Five games. Yeah, he's yeah, not going to play this year. Guys, big investment. And then the Washington football team linebacker Josh Harvey Clemens just okay. Yeah. He was a run and hit type guy out of Tennessee that people yeah. were high on. Um, had some character issues too. Yeah. So. But that's the list at this point. Hopefully we'll see if there's it, if there's any more. But that's over sixty players who have opted out. That's a full team's worth of guys who yeah. have opted out this year. Again, it creates opportunities for others. Yeah, and. I'm sure that there's a lot of quality players on the street right now. And you and I were talking off the air. These teams are going to gain some cap space by these things, too. And they obviously gain need. I'm hoping we see a, you know, a dozen brand-name guys signed in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think Not that's going to happen now. The, 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 the free agent market that uh, kind of went to a standstill here over the last three months. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the Steelers sign two guys immediately at the start of training camp. Uh, I think you're going to see more signings happen like that uh, of veteran guys to kind of fill some of these spots because you you don't want to have to count on young guys in all these spots. Right, right. And they'll always – And you'll have the cash. Them. And you don't have the cash, right. Yeah. And, and use a little more knowledge of what your roster is going to look like now. Yeah, absolutely. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be back, talk a little more about uh, what's happening around the league right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back here on the drive, and uh, as we did yesterday, we went over uh, the Athletics' offensive rankings, 1 through 32. Yeah. Uh, they've come out with their defensive rankings, and this was a little surprising. Yeah, it is a little surprising, and I, I cut and pasted it for you yesterday, and I just one little note here. The the rankings from last year are from Football Outsiders DVOA, okay. so where they finished. So we have a yeah, and we like to use matter. those. That, that's yeah. a good list. Uh, that, I, I, yeah, I'm a DVOA. There's no man. hey, this team was the best. No, they they have numbers to back this right. stuff up. Okay, right. Yeah. So, uh, according to the Athletic, the Baltimore Ravens, who finished fourth last year in, in total defense, are now first. And I have I, I have some qualms with that. I do too. I, I mean, we sound like homers, but I think both of us would have the Steelers. We even said that a couple days yeah. ago that we think that's the best offensive unit out there. The Ravens certainly improved as the season went on. Their 
it's very pass defense oriented, you know, which right. the, the you know is today's NFL, and which came back to bite them in the playoffs. It did, it yeah. did. I mean, they ran into the wrong team, and you had a Calais Campbell. I mean, we'd be pretty excited if the Steelers added Calais Campbell to the mix. You know? Was that game last year for the Ravens? You know, I think there's a lot of correlations there between what happened to the Steelers in 2017 when they ran into the Jaguars. Mm, maybe. Wrong type of team. Wrong type of team for that team to play. Yes, the offense was good, mm-hmm. but the team could play enough defense to slow them down. Right. And they could play keep away with their with their offense against that defense because you, it, it's almost a, it's an eerily similar situation where you, you, you were favored by a bunch to win that football game and you lost it. As the as the top you know as a top seed in the, in the division or in the conference, yes. I mean, it's almost there's a, there's just a distinct correlation there. I, I was hesitating there for a minute because I wanted to pull up some of my geeky numbers on the Ravens that are really remarkable and probably unsustainable in in terms of on average when the first quarter ended, they were winning by five point three points. That's hard Over to the do. course of 16 games. Over the course, yeah, yeah, on average. you know, it's, I mean, that's a lot of points after 15 minutes the clock goes off. Yeah. And then at the half, they're up 7.2. So they go into halftime with more than a touchdown lead on average. Their time of possession was 34 and a half minutes per game. But more importantly, this one's crazy. Their average game time with the lead was just under 39 minutes. So they played very few snaps from behind. Right. You know, like And they're not built to play that way. Right. Tennessee got the lead is what I'm saying. And here. then they were able and to then, sit on and, and they were able to keep running, running the football. Same thing had happened to the Steelers against the Jaguars. Exactly. Exactly. You fell behind that team. They continued to run the football with their power running game. You have all these light linebackers on the field because you're built to beat the Patriots and teams of that oh, nature. Yeah, they're coming back against yeah. you. And right, absolutely. And it just didn't work. That's why when, when you know when the Steelers are, are talking about putting Vince Williams back on the field I'm not all that against it because that's your run stuffer. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your guy that's going to you've got you've got your coverage guy. It, it, the thing is, two years ago they had two run stuffers on the field, right? With Bostic and Williams, they didn't have anybody they could cover. Last year they went the other way with two coverage linebackers on the field for a lot of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Well, now you were they weren't bad against the run, but there were times when they were, were you could run on. Them. Yeah, right. I mean, they weren't. The old school Hampton. I mean, they still ended up third in the league in, in yards per carry against. Exactly. So they, it wasn't an awful run defense. And a lot of it was late in games. Yeah. They were, you know, worn now out. they have a situation where they've got their coverage guy and they've got the thumper. They do. They do. And that's what they've always had when they've had a, a great defense. You had your Kirkland and your and, and Chad Brown. That's you, a LeBeau yeah. style. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, they've always had those. Two. You know, you had Timmons uh, to pair with who you know whoever he mm-hmm. you know. So they they've got that now. Uh, his the number two defense. This is the one I really um, okay. The Ravens, I could see their top five defense. Yeah, I like this defense. I think it's a top ten defense. I don't know that it's number two, and that's the I Los Angeles that. Chargers. Like this is the kind of defense I end up with fantasy because they go tenth. We talked about them. You know, that's where they were at in fantasy turn. You know, right right around that that range. I mean, They've James got some big name players. They do. They got five or six guys yeah. that are. Game changer, and the corners are good, and you know they've they've got yeah the, you know, the secondary I think rivals what Baltimore has. Yeah, oh, I do too. And and Derwin's a and they've got some guys that can get after right. the passer. I question the run defense a little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. The Steelers were able to gash them on the edges last year, 
Um, you know, getting the ball, a lot of passes to to James Conner in that game, if you remember, mm-hmm. and that with Devlin Hodges at quarterback, you they had to know that the Steelers weren't going to have Devlin Hodges throwing the ball down the field. Right, right, right. And they still weren't able to stop it. They, they did add Linville Joseph. Yeah. Which, you know, he's not going to play a ton of snaps, but it is beef in the middle. It, it's interesting to me because you bring this up a lot, and I think you're dead on, is the two run-and-hit linebackers everybody was super excited about, Kenneth Murray and Queen in the draft. They went right around the same neighborhood. They're going to be swimming, but yeah. they're on these top two defenses. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that they're going to, especially early in the season. I would expect those guys to struggle in the first half of the season. I mean, Bush struggled in the first half. Absolutely, of the season. he struggled all season. Right. In terms right, right. of, he was good in man coverage, but he struggled in the zones mm-hmm. because the zone. When you're playing zone coverage at the NFL level, teams are going to throw a bunch of different guys in the, into that middle of the field to oh, see how yeah. you react. And, and late in the down zone, yeah. and turn to man. I mean, right, that's not easy. Uh, the Steelers come in at thirteen, or I'm sorry, uh, three. Three, yeah. Um, they returned 13 to 15 players who logged at least 200 snaps last year. It's a good defense. Really they've, good they've, defense they've got right. guys. Uh, at four, they had the Saints. The Saints finished 11th last year. Uh, they have them at four. Uh, one name that we haven't still haven't mentioned here yet that I would have in that top uh, five somewhere. They're still not there. Uh, the Bears at five, even despite losing Eddie Goldman. Right. Um, you had Quinn. I mean, Quinn's a big yeah. upgrade over Floyd opposite yeah. Mac. And, Absolutely. I mean, they got Eddie Jackson. Hicks missed Rogue 11 games and, last season. Yeah. He's I, a really I like good this player. defense a lot. Yeah. I just think they're going to have to win 13-9 every week. The 49ers at number six. That's, they should be in a top three. Yeah, yeah that, that's very low. I, I know they, you know, they, they – They'd probably be second. They traded away DeForest Buckner. Yeah. Uh, but they've got guys. And they added Kinlaw. I mean, he won't be as good as Buckner this year. Um, but it's a really good group. I mean, Bosa and Ford, and I mean they're they're strong. Uh, at seven, you have the Broncos. They finished thirteenth last year. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, Chubb Chubb coming back. Chubb they traded back, for Jarrell right? Casey. I so I think can still get some stuff done. They traded for AJ Bouye. Um, the Bills fall from six to eight. And I, I mean they're in the same neighborhood with all these. Uh, I think I did a defensive rankings not that long ago. Had them like fifth. They're, I mean, that's a good group. They lost all do you change, Yeah, do you, do you change that now that Gaines and Luda Lele are not there? Slightly, because I think a lot of these are very similar, so yeah. they'd lose some tiebreakers if, if I change Because that's a, if the thing that you're gonna ha- is going to happen is guys are going to get hurt, too. Mm-hmm. So now those guys, maybe you can fill in for them now. You right. have, But now you lost your depth. That worries me in particular with the Steelers and Niners, though. Yeah, Th- those teams aren't as deep, but they're starting eleven. I think are the best. But teams. now some of these other teams that had the depth over top of them mm-hmm. have also lost guys. So yeah, right, like, right. They've got some know, dudes opting out. Right. Kind of everybody in the same boat. The Patriots fall from first to ninth, as they should. Yeah, and, and if they're the ninth best defense this year, with their offense. They're going to go by seven and nine. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they're going to have to be special and take the ball away and score on defense like they did last year. That's hard to maintain. It's hard to maintain. The way, yeah. the way that they play, I mean, I had them as a fantasy defense last year, and hard. they were they were scoring double digits every week, in, including games with, right. with more than 20 points because they were not only shutting teams down, they were taking the ball away and scoring. They were scoring a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, that won't keep up. Uh, the Buccaneers fall from fifth to tenth. That's a uh, – that sounds bad, you yeah. know, like you fell, because I don't think there's any reason they should fall. But I would probably have them about 10th. I mean, I, I thought there was 9 or 10 really good defenses on here. I think they them. surprised some teams last year with the way Todd Bowles coming in. You know that he's going to be aggressive. Yeah. But that first, you know, five or six weeks of the season, you don't know exactly what he's bringing to the table. 
and they get 19 and a half sacks out of Shaq Barrett. Right. He's a good player, but he's That's not a 19 and a half sack player no. every year. But I do think Devin White, like Devin Bush, should will get be better. better yeah. this year. Vita Vea is a guy who's yeah, still on the quite yeah. good. Yeah, their secondary is young and not a lot of brand name dudes. And then you add Antoine Winfield Jr. to that, too. So yeah, and you got I Levante like David. They got some star power. Yeah, it's a pretty good group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Vikings fall from 7 to 11. I think when you take Pierce out of the equation there at the nose tackle position, right. they lose Everson Gray. They lost right, a lot. All I think their corners are shuffled. I think. They might be a bottom half of the league defense. I think they might be a bottom half of the league team. Yeah. I think the offseason was really hard on the Vikings. It's been very difficult right. on the Vikings. At 12, you have the Eagles. That's the exact same yeah. spot where they finished last year. I mean, they, they're going to generate four with Cox and Hargrave, and I think adding Slade. Brandon Graham, and yeah. yeah. Uh, at 13, the Packers, that's actually up two spots from where they fit. Everybody's talked about the Packers being a great defense last mm-hmm. year. They finished 15th in DVOA. Run defense is horrible. The run defense is horrible. Part I, of that's by design. Like yeah. They're very aggressive and yeah. don't play the run by design, but the Niners ran all over them in the NFC. Yeah, now, Darnell yeah. Savage will be better this year, yeah. I, th- I think. I think I like him as a player. Neither one of us was super high on Rashawn Gary last no, year. No, he did very little for them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kenny Clark's a lot better player than people realize. I mean, they have some dudes. I mean, the Smith brothers or whatever. I mean, they're fine, but I, I'm not big on them. Uh, the Seahawks at 14. They're loaded at linebacker and safety now. Yeah. Their pass rush stinks. Yeah, and then where's that coming from? Right. Uh, 15 is the Colts. They were 17th last year. I'd put them league average, I suppose. I mean, you had yeah. Buckner to the mix. That's not, ca- that's I mean, bad. they were 17th last year. If they're 15th this year, everybody's talking about this Colts team being a Super Bowl, uh, yeah. Yeah, Super Bowl contender. I think they had the, the offense ranked, what, 10th? Something like that, eighth. Something like that, right? I mean, I'm I'm sorry if you're if you're that in that range for both you're of us. Ten to fifteen on both sides of the ball. You're an average team. You're pretty much. I mean, maybe you win. Maybe you go nine, nine and seven. Right. Maybe you get the ten wins because you're average on both. You're not bad on one side and good on the other. But I mean, according to the Vegas odds, they have the easiest schedule in the league. So th- yeah. th- maybe they're that ten and sixteen that gets blown out in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the Browns at sixteen. They were twenty second last year. I, mean, I think their defense is in trouble. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, what's so great about that? I mean, Garrett's a really good player. Got rid of like all Ward. their st- all their linebackers or yeah, you know, to sit two new starting safeties. Right, Greedy Williams was awful last year. Right, I'm not seeing that. Seventeen's uh, the Rams. They were ninth last year. Big fall for the Rams. I mean, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, depth is an issue. I mean, they're stars and scrubs across the board. Basically, yeah. that's all the team's built. I bet they end up as higher than the 17th ranked defense. This one's oh, this next one. I'll take too. This one's surprising. Yeah, the Titans at 18. They were 16th last year. I'm kind of surprised that they were as low as 16 last I year know. in DVOA, because they could do some things pretty well. And they have some good young dudes. You yeah, know, Jeffrey good. Simmons is a guy to keep an eye Love on. Them, yeah. yeah, I mean, even like Rashawn Evans. Byers is yeah, a right. tremendous player. Right. I think they're a pretty decent defense that should get better. Clowney could end up there. He, uh, they signed Vic Beasley, and and, and right. he was late getting to camp. I, I don't trust Vic Beasley. No, no, I don't think that's no. I think that's a bad sign. Yeah. Uh, Washington was 24th last year. They're 19th this year. That's a team that was not helped at all by their offense. No. This is what the steel like because Washington's defense has some guys. Oh yeah, their front seven's pretty darn good. Yeah, their front yeah, seven is really mix. good. Right. And they finished 24th because the offense helped them out. Not right. one bit. That might be like a sneaky fantasy defense to pick up when they yeah. have, you know, scream and things like that. They, they could end up with a lot of sacks. Uh, Kansas City was uh, 14th last year. They fall to 20th. They're a tough one. I mean, because they're 
their life's a lot easier than obviously like the Steelers defense last year. Yeah. Don't get beat deep. Create a couple big plays throughout the course of the of the season, and we'll win a lot of games. Here's the thing: uh, like Juan Thornhill had a good rookie year yeah, for them. He then did. tore his ACL in, in December. Um, he's not going to be ready to go at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's uh, you know I think he was a big part of what they did on yeah, the back yeah they end. like him a lot yeah they're really um, bad at linebacker. but they've got some guys yeah they're bad at linebacker yeah. Hitchens is was overpaid I do the Clark started really slow for them they invested heavily in him I think yeah. he's a better player than that and he showed it down the stretch yeah so that's enticing um, Arizona was twenty uh, first they were twenty third last year. We're getting in the neighborhood here where I'm not very impressed with these last. Yeah, Falcons at twenty. <laughs> Falcons right. at twenty-two. The Cowboys fall to nine, uh, twenty-three from nineteen. The Raiders were thirty-first last year. They're at now twenty-four. I don't Ooh. know about that. Although um, all these, I don't like. I'm making faces at all these. Yeah. Right now. The Bengals uh, were thirtieth last year. They're twenty-fifth this year. I could see them get, being better than than what they were. They signed some guys in the defensive. Yeah, well, I side. think they'll be better in thirtieth. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Texans were twenty-sixth last year. They're twenty-sixth this year. I'll take the, maybe you take the under. I think they're bad. Yeah, the Dolphins were thirty second last year. They're twenty seventh. The Lions were twenty eighth. They're twenty eighth. The Giants were tenth last year. They fall to twenty nine. Jets. Jets or Jets? I'm sorry, yeah. fall to twenty uh, to twenty nine. They were very good against the run. They're kind of a misleading defense. Yeah, you could throw on them like crazy. Yeah, right. right. They're uh, are bad. The Jaguars were twenty ninth last year. They're thirtieth, and the Football Giants thirty first. And finishing things up is the Carolina Panthers. At 32, it's one thing you'll notice there, and you made note of this, the Steelers play a lot of those teams that are in that bottom 12. That last 10 or 12 we talked about that all were pretty bad, there's a lot of them on the Steelers' schedule. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. They play the easiest defensive schedule, yes. according to Warren Sharp, in the league this year. So, yeah. Got it like that. Worth noting, yes. Yeah. Starting off with the 31st one. Yeah. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. When we, We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. We'll do that right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. fantasy draft here in a couple of weeks and you're not going to know much more than what you know now yeah you're saying i mean you, you described it well off the air you're, you're basically going to be going in blind it's not much different than doing if we had done it in april yeah probably. it's a, in, in a normal year this is going to be like drafting your team in april after the dra- after the mm-hmm. teams hold their draft because you're not going to know anything other than what you knew coming out of the, you know oh i like that kid in the draft maybe i'll take a chance on him yep and injuries are always an issue i mean and getting good information is always difficult but this year, someone's going to twist an ankle in practice, won't go on IR, and you're really not going to know where to take them. Yeah, you're going to be going yeah. into that first first week. Nobody's got, Here's the thing. Nobody has to put out an injury report until that first week of the season. Really? And all of us would have picked already. You're yeah, looking right. at Tuesday or Wednesday of that first first week, and, like, guy, again, like you said, somebody's going to mm-hmm. twist an ankle and – and all of a sudden, it's going to be way worse than what you, th- you know. Yeah, right. They're going to be playing on. Oh, no, we we right. think because the player is going to say, "Oh, I'll be ready for the opener." I feel great, right? And then that three weeks later, he's sitting. He's still sitting, still and you're like, played. "What the right. hell?" Right. <laughs> and back to our earlier conversation about bigger rosters, 
Do you think teams might be less likely to put someone on PUP or IR? Well, they I think they expanded the IR, if I remember correctly. I think you can bring more people back now. You can bring more people back now. So you may see te- guys teams do that with guys, just okay. to save that extra roster. Hey, he's going to be out for six weeks. We'll IR We're going to IR him. Bring him back. We'll eat the two weeks because yeah, we need a roster owners, spot. We want people to go on pop and IR. At least that's a firm answer. Yes, at you least you have I mean? an idea. It's, not, it's right. not Belichick putting 35 guys on the list <laughs> as questionable. questionable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So I have a list here from Eric Carabell on mm-hmm. ESPN.com. Uh, of, Eric does good work. It's his do not draft list. Yeah. And, and it's at, at ADP, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah. You yeah. and I are going to agree with a lot of these guys good. That, that he has on here because I'm just looking at this list. Um, his quarterback to do not draft, um, leading the list is Josh Allen. I don't think he's that great at football. He's better at fantasy than real life. Now, you're not going to draft him where he's being drafted exactly. at. Exactly. When he's we talked like about the tier two, when we talked about him, we talked about the ADP earlier in the week. He was being drafted in the top ten quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a roll of the me. dice. That's rich that's, that's that's where last year at this time people were doing that with Mitch Trubisky. Yes. Oh, he runs and he, he does all this, and, and right, next thing exactly. you know, he's, he's he's on the bench. He's on the bench, yeah. or yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think Allen's not going to get benched, but, but he could do he could have a Trubisky like year. Oh yeah, and they could become very run heavy. You know, they could try to you know they could be a thirteen nine type you know game script type of team without question. And you got to pay a decent price for him. I mean, right, that's the thing. Like you're right not getting after. him as your number two quarterback. You're going to oh, have to no. draft him as your number one. I bet he's going like the seventh or eighth quarterback off the yeah. board. And if you, you know, do like, that, right you better that. make sure you get like one of those other quarterbacks who go right after him. Right. That you could live with. Uh, yeah, exactly. But now you've used two premium picks on t- quarterback position. And the upside's not that much. No. He's not going to win the league. Yeah, it's not know? like he's going to finish in the top five in scoring. No, right. So it's just not no, worth yeah, it. Yeah, he won't be on my team. Uh, other quarterbacks to avoid. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill. He's not that expensive. I disagree on that one. I would take Tannehill. Baker Mayfield. I don't think there's going to be a lot of volume. I, yeah, I just don't know that he's ever going to be that guy, mm-hmm. at least not in this offense. Who, he runs less than people think, too. He's yeah. not a bad athlete, but doesn't run that much. At running back. Ball a lot. Yeah, doesn't, they don't throw They just don't want to. No, it's a Viking yeah. approach. Uh, at running back, he says, start with Todd Gurley. <laughs> he won't be on my team. I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he revitalizes his career. Yeah, he was fun to watch. There's a bunch of old running old. backs on here that if you if you're playing in a league with owners who don't pay attention real mm-hmm. closely, these guys are going to be overdrafted. Mark Ingram, agreed. Yeah. You and I both like Dobbins a lot. Yeah, and that, that's big. Uh, and then David Johnson. See, I think the hate has gone too strong on him. I think he might catch 65, 70 balls. If he stays healthy, which uh, he has not been able to do the last couple of years. But I'm not using a premium pick on him. I mean, True I think enough. he's going like fourth, fifth round neighborhood. His last really good year was 2016. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah. And running back years. It's been like a while. Years, yeah, right? it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, like 30 years ago. Yeah. Right. Uh, other running backs to avoid. Le'Veon Bell. I think, I think his line's a lot better and Darnold will help. Adam Gase is bad for fantasy football, though. He is, yeah. Uh, Ronald Jones. I don't, know I don't want anything Jones, to do with right. that with that Buccaneers backfield. I kind of like that he's being named a starter because then somebody will take him around. Yeah, right. And, and then I don't have to worry about it. Right, so right. I can take somebody else. Darius Geis. See, I like that pick because I think he could be – I mean, I'm really optimistic saying he could be a running back one, but I think he has that type of talent. He has that kind of talent. He can't stay on the field. They have a 
and they have a terrible offense. They have a ton of running backs too. Yeah, and they even have like Love and Peterson. And, yeah, you know, right. he's got a bunch of guys no, he's going to fight with time for. Uh, in that similar vein, Philip Lindsay. I don't want to do with Lindsay. I don't, I'm, gonna, a, I'm a Gordon believer. Yeah, he's going to be overdrafted based yep. on what he's done in the past, and that's not going to be what he's going to do this year. I got a lot of heat for Lindsay not being in my twenty top twenty five running backs, and I have no regrets about it. No, I don't think he's that great. He's a not going to be. Right. Yeah. And then for the Patriots, Sony Michelle. Oh, I think we've talked bad. about that one a lot. Yeah, I, I want Harris. If I take, I don't want any Pats. But at the wide receiver position, Stephon Diggs. Agreed. Yeah, I don't want him in that offense. No. Um, not only, even if he is the true number one receiver, oh, I think he will be, and he will be. Yeah. It's a, it's a um, run first offense with a quarterback who's not the most accurate guy in the world. Yes, no. he can throw it a mile. And he now he's now playing in Buffalo, where from mid November on, what Passing are you playing in? Is, is yeah. problematic. John Brown had John Brown was good last year in stretches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. And know. not only John Brown's going away. Yeah, you know it's not going to be like Diggs and the Pips. He's the deep I mean? guy. John Brown is the deep. Is if if they're going to throw it deep, I think Brown is the deep guy. Yeah. But their deep ball is terrible. He throws the worst deep ball in the league. Yeah, he could throw it a mile, but he can't right. complete it. And Diggs was used as a deep guy a lot. I actually heard an interview with Brandon Bean, their their GM, who was on the Move the Six podcast this week, and he was saying, "We need to throw. We need more success driving the ball down the field." He said, "This is where Josh is struggling." Well, yeah, I mean they're facing loaded boxes because right. I mean it's there for the taking, <laughs> and he's missing them over yeah. and over. And then another little note, and I don't want to lump everybody together. History shows when a receiver changes teams, his production usually dips. I mean, it, it, it's a very strong trend. Um, this guy didn't change teams, but he has been, wow. He's missed six or more games in two of the f- previous three seasons. Um, it's AJ just, Green? AJ Green. Yeah. It's just not been good for AJ Green. Um, you know, again, my, my full season league last year, somebody kept him on their roster all season long. Yeah, that's the worst. That's, that's, yeah. that's the worst thing that can happen yeah. in fantasy. Um, he's reasonably cheap, but there's so many startable wide receivers. If I have to pass on one of them for him, eh, I mean, he might be on my team. His, he's he's going around round him. seven right now, which okay. round seven, you're still looking for a guy. That, right, I can find. Like, would you rather have Deontay Johnson? Yes. I think I would, too. Yeah, I know he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how motivated A.J. Green is to play after sitting out all of last yeah. year. I mean, I think wanting out of want him. wanting out of Cincinnati, and then okay, I'll come back. You, you know. kind of want the Patriots to trade for him or something. Yeah. You know, uh, his last one here on his main guys is Debo Samuel. It's that that thing could linger because you're not going to have any information. It's going to linger. He's not going to have any training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't throw the ball a ton to begin with. Good point. People are going to think about it. What's well, Debo's? He had a great Super Bowl and all. I'll like, get him in the ninth round and he'll sit he, two weeks. Those guys get overdrafted. He's a perfect example of you were saying you draft him and then week five you're still haven't started the guy. Yeah. And he's eating up your roster. Yeah, he'd have to be really down for me. Now there's some guys on this other wide receivers to avoid list that I like, but. Very similar to AJ Green injury issues. Will Fuller? I want Will Fuller. I, I couldn't disagree more. I don't want him as a guy I'm counting on the start though. I want him in like the fifth round. If I could get him, if I could get him as like my number three or four receiver, yeah, and have somebody else there, like example for example, the next guy, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, 
Fuller has such a high ceiling, though. The, the ceiling is through the roof. I mean, he's right. a wide receiver, too, even a one in some weeks. I don't know how Shepard— But Shepherd... you never know how much you can count on him. And I've been burned by this in the past where you start him— and, you know, midway through the first quarter, he's limping to the sidelines holding his hamstring. That's obviously the killer. But I'd lean towards the, the, the quote, injury-prone dudes, usually I don't shy away from because I trust myself by week eight when he's out for the year to find somebody else. And it doesn't mean he's going to get a zero that week. But if he, if, if he does it mid-game, man, it just kills you. It just kills Backbreaker, you. right. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I'm too not many, interested. Too many miles of feet, and no. he's just never going to be that guy. I think they love Hardman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Agreed. I, I wouldn't mind having Rager. Yeah. I mean, they they showed you that they you know they mm-hmm. don't trust either one of these guys. They went out and added a bunch of guys in the offseason. Adam Kaplan's super dialed in with the Eagles, yeah. and he said Rager's going to lead the receivers in receptions. Yeah. You know, like that. that's why they draft. That's, that's the plan. The final one, Antonio Brown. <laughs> okay. Somebody's going to sign him yeah. here. Maybe be, you know they may sign him here before the end of this training camp, and he's going to get drafted in leagues. He's out yeah. the first eight weeks of the season. Now you're at also, least right. At least isn't there another thing looming? Potentially, there, yeah. there's there's stuff there. He could yeah. Um, even when he comes in, the first week or two you can't start him. He's going to have to learn an offense. Mm-hmm. Maybe they force feed him like the Patriots did last year, uh, quickly, but. That was with a veteran quarterback who, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw you in the back shoulder and I trust you to make the play. Well, let's say, I don't know, pick a team that signs him. Are you, are you going to have I'm that? Thinking, well, if it's the Ravens, I really don't want them. Yeah. I mean, they're just not going to throw the ball enough to, to yeah. do that. Um, I I, I did, still think he could be a great football player. Though. Yes. Yeah. In the right situation. Right. But is that worth drafting four weeks, nine through 13 you got, you're you're gonna have you're on. gonna have four or five weeks left in your fantasy regular season when you dra- when you you know to eat him for the entire year. Here's what you do if you want AB: you don't draft him, your buddy drafts him, cuts him in week six after two dudes get COVID. Then you pick him up. Yeah. Then you pick him up. Yeah. Tight end. There's a lot of tight ends I love. He says Jared Cook is a guy to avoid. Hmm. He said everybody was going to say, you know, Rob Gronkowski is, is the great pick for this, yeah. not to not to draft, and I agree with that. He's going to be overdrafted this I year. I do too. Uh, but Jared Cook is the guy. Um, I think a healthy Kamara and an addition of Sanders hurts Cook, not I think that, Yeah, I think yeah. that hurts him. And he only caught 45 passes last year. Right, right. So, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of young guys that they, I would They also drafted Adam Troutman, who's a receiving right. tight end. So I think that's for next year, but still. He could eat into that tight end play a little bit as a receiver. They basically drafted three people, and one of them was a tight end. Yeah. yeah like, it tells you something. Right? <laughs> it tells you a little something right, right. there they moved in up regards like to that. Uh, he doesn't have any defenses listed or kickers or anything like that because, okay. well, you shouldn't. No, nah, who cares, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, I think huh. it's a, a pretty solid list. Is there anybody you would add to any of those spots? I'm sure it's it's always much easier to build the these are my target players guys, as yeah. opposed to the the do not draft. I want nothing to do with these guys because there's always a caveat. Well, if he falls around later, I mean, there's a price for everybody. There are definitely some teams, yeah, that I want nothing to do with at certain positions in particular. Agreed. Like I'm not in on any, uh, you know, I uh, DJ Chark is is a good football player. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I want to have any Jaguars on my team. Fournette, Fournette I mean, would be a, a you know a consideration. It's funny when you just said, "Is there somebody that's a do not draft for you?" Fournette kind of jumps out. Like he has two numbers. First of all, he got robbed and only scored three touchdowns. He'll get the six or seven or yeah. eight or something. I mean, he, but he caught like seventy, sixty. It's just some not balls. sustainable. 
And that's not going to happen. He'll catch 30 this year. But they don't have anybody else. I still, I, I don't love running backs from bad teams, mm-hmm. especially if they, they're not great if receivers. They, if they don't catch the football, right. especially, I think people might get the misconception that he's now a great receiver. He came in the league as a unaccomplished receiver, has gotten better, but the degree of difficulty his catches are dump at the. I mean, I don't want. Any, I, I don't want any ball. bears. I don't. Want, I don't care that Allen Robinson. I don't want any bears either. I don't want a single bear. They are potentially the worst offense in the league, and no one's yeah. talking about it. Their line stinks, and their quarterback stinks. Yeah. I know Terry McLaurin had a, a great rookie year last year, but I don't know they won any Redskins. See, McLaurin and Chark are kind of the same to me. Yeah. I really like the players, so but, I could be convinced. Yeah, it's, it's going to – I mean, I would have to – if I'm picking between those guys and, you know, uh, a decent player, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Uh, who would you be picking? DJ Moore or yeah, I'm yeah, I'm right. taking the Keenan Allen. I'm, I'm taking the, one of those guys instead, mm-hmm. just because. I, and I know it goes against what I talked about earlier in the week. With you know, it's okay to take a, a number one receiver off a bad football team. I don't love the quarterback play though. No, it, it's rough. My worry with McLaurin and Chark are like, boy, I wish they were Steelers. I think they're gonna have really good careers, but they get a little bit of the juju factor of they're gonna get a lot of attention. This yeah, year. they're not sneaking up on anybody <laughs> no, this year. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so they're going to get number one cornerbacks every week. They're going to get coverage rolled yep. their way. So their teams are going to make somebody else beat them. Yeah, that's until gonna... you get into garbage time, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. It is. It's going to be more of an uphill climb for those two than it was. And again, I just, I just don't love the quarterbacks. That's why I don't mind drafting a Dolphin, especially you know if Devontae Parker is there and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback. I'm okay with that. He's okay. going to throw the football. He's going to. He's, a, he's at least an NFL quarterback right. that I know what we're going to get out of him. These other guys, these these young guys that have had no second training camp, I don't know what I'm going to get. Brings me back to the Bills a little bit, too. I mean, like, yeah, Josh Allen's an NFL quarterback, and he'll probably be his 10-year starter. But yeah, I probably won't draft any Bills. I don't think I want any Bills on my team either. Yeah, I just don't love the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a great situation. And and there's Just I can in the teams in my head of who's I can find guys from other teams. teams that I would like better. Mm-hmm. It, I I think Minnesota's one of them a little bit too. A little bit. I thought about them like okay, Dalvin Cook's good. Yeah, you're gonna draft Dalvin Cook. Do I want Thielen where he's gonna be drafted? Some people no. love him because they think he's gonna lead the league in targets, and he might. I mean, he's kind of like Allen Robinson in a not great offense. The only show in town. Are you great enough to overcome that? I don't know that he is. For what he costs, that's not ideal yeah. for me. Um, and, you know, for a guy, guy like Evan Ingram, I don't want to touch Evan Ingram because of the injury issues. See, I don't mind Evan Ingram because in my last round before I take a defense, I'm going to take Irv Smith or Jonu Smith or Hawkinson or Sternberger. I can name 10 of those dudes I'm smitten with and that I think have really bright futures, but I'll probably draft them a year too early. <laughs> <laughs> and so if Ingram flops, I'll have that guy that yeah. I'm at least betting on. But that would be my, my logic there. Yeah. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Uh, you're listening to Steelers Nation Radio here. That was, of course, the uh, fantasy football um, what we call focus. It? Focus. Yeah, I, I'm, I got so Free many. Play. Well, I started calling it the focus this year. I changed it up. A little subtle thing you didn't even notice. (laughs) It it, it flows off the off the uh, (laughs) the tongue a little bit better. Uh, But we got so many shows that we're doing here that I I got to keep track of everything that I'm doing. But uh, certainly, uh, we we enjoy doing the the fantasy football look every day. And uh, but we're going to take a break now. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned to the drive on your 24/7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. 
Welcome back. I'm Dale Robbins here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, uh, just looking here around the, the Internet, uh, Jason LaCanfora, who, of course, works for CBS Sports, uh, put out a rankings of the top uh, the divisions in the NFL, one okay. through one through eight. And I thought this was interesting, and I'll get to the interesting point here at the end. But he has the uh, NFC West as the number one I would division. Too. I can't. I can't argue with that. No, I mean, top I, to bottom, that's. I don't know that Arizona is going to be drastically improved like everyone thinks, and worst the first type of team. Yeah, but they're not going to be a bottom feeder. No, they're they're yeah. a team that could step up and beat anybody right. in a given week. They could also lose to a lot of teams in and a I, given week. I don't week, think the Rams stink all of a sudden too. No, a lot of people I, are like, oh, the Rams are going to be six. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, here's the NFC South number two. Uh, you mentioned we were going to do this, so I give it, gave it like two seconds thought. I was torn between the AFC North and NFC South for two. He has the AFC North at three. Okay. So those are the, yeah, that same discussion. I think discussion. Cincinnati's better than people think, too. Cincinnati's you know I mean? better. I think Cincinnati's better than Carolina. Is, yeah, Cincinnati going to be better than Carolina, I think, potentially. Um, Saints you know. and Ravens are a tie for me. Yeah, so. I'll take the Steelers and Bucks as a tie. Yeah. So then and you're down Browns in the, and Atlanta. I mean, yeah. that's pretty close to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely close. Again, he has the, uh, the AFC North at three. Um the AFC West at four. Now, obviously, the top team carries a lot of weight. I think the Chargers are okay. I think the Broncos are okay. They get some good things. They get yeah. some bad things. I think I agree because I think there's four pretty bad divisions. Yeah. And this is one I don't think is that bad. No, I think it's okay. Yeah, When you have the, the reigning Super Bowl champions in yeah, your division. Yeah, that carries a lot of weight, yeah. of course. I, I think there's probably – a lot of people are excited about Vegas, Denver, and not as much the Chargers. I like the Chargers better than those two. I do, and too. And I think that both those – those people will be you know, let down when it's yeah. all said and done. Uh, he has the AFC East fifth. Mm, I'd have the NFC East fifth. Okay. Um, I think Dallas and Philadelphia are better than any team in the AFC East. Well, they didn't have a team finish above 8-8 eight and eight last year. So. I know, I know. I, I get <laughs> you that. You can say that, but, you know. I mean, I don't know that Miami's better than Washington. It might be. I don't think AFC East is very good. NFC North is number six. And I can't argue that. I mean, I think. Mm, I don't know. Both if, East ahead of the North. I think the North's really bad. I think it's pretty bad, right. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you have to look at and say, well, the Packers went 13-3 and last year. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I don't think the Vikings are going to be very good, and I think people are going to be surprised that the Vikings aren't very good. I 100% agree. Yeah. I've said many times, and I put my money where my mouth is, my favorite long-shot bet of the year is the Lions win that division. Because it's like 800 to 1. Yeah, it is. it's a real long I shot. Mean, it's a long shot. Yeah, and they don't do I, it often. Right. <laughs> it's not that I'm in love with the Lions. I just think the other t- three teams aren't nearly as good as people think. At uh, 7 is the AFC South. Agreed. And then 8 is the NFC East he has. See, I don't agree there. Well, I, I think, think the AFC East. Are, are I, I think the, the Giants are, pretty be- are, are not a good football team. The Redskins are not a good football right. team. Those two teams could be picking top five next year. They could. Yeah, I think that's probable. Um, I did a power ranks like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and I had the Eagles and Dallas both in my top seven. They weren't in the top four. That might be a bit rich. I mean, I think Dallas's defense is going to take a big – the offense is going to be fantastic. Yes. The defense is going to be atrocious. I think they're on the same tier as the Steelers, though. I mean, I think both those teams are Steelers, Tampa, in that neighborhood. See, I think the Steelers and Tampa are more complete teams, though. I think Philly's pretty good. They were really injured. I'm, th- I'm talking about the Cowboys, though. I, I don't, think the, you, I I don't think the Cowboys are a complete football team at this point. Agreed. I think they're the Cowboys' offense over yeah. anyone, any other unit. And the other thing to remember about the Cowboys is that their special teams units last year were really bad. Were historically bad. I also think McCarthy from Garrett is a nice step up. Sure. Uh, you know. Yeah. 
So I, I would like the I would have the NFC East higher, and when it's all said, and done. here's my point about this: if you look at the Steelers' schedule, mm-hmm. who do they play like this year? They right, play yeah. the AFC North South, which he with Lockenfora has seven, and the NFC East, East, which he has eight. Right, and the North, of course, is high. Yeah. but the, the, you know you don't play yourself. So, yeah, I mean, so it's a good point. I mean, there it's it's set up for those teams in the AFC. Uh, north to, I mean, you're you're, mm-hmm. you're getting the Redskins and you're getting the Giants and you're getting yeah. the Jaguars and you, I mean, and I think at worst, to, you know, per our conversation, you're on the same tier as the Eagles, as the Cowboys. Yeah, they, 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 you know there's I mean? no standout team. You're not, no. play, you don't have to go play the Chiefs. Yeah, Got to go to Kansas City yeah. this year, right, 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 or at San Fran or something like that. Yeah, none, none of that's right. there. I mean, these are all easy road trips for the Steelers as well. They are, they are. Um, and it, our earlier point, a lot of soft defenses. Yeah, I mean, I mean really that, that's the thing. When you look at those those two divisions, the AFC South and the NFC East, where's who's the best defense in those in those two divisions? Mm-hmm. But you don't like being in the second hardest division or third hardest. No, I mean you're you know, yeah, you got the, the divisions you, tough. You got the Ravens that you have to climb over. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and they're 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 going to be solid. I mean, they're they're just they, I, they are. I mean, I, I always do this exercise. Like, what do you think the division record will be? I would probably go with four and two, but. If they were three and three, I can understand. You know, yeah. I mean, division games are tough, and division Browns games are, are tough. A you, better. you know, Since he could beat somebody. You yeah, know. you know those those opponents. Yeah. Um, history tells us that the Browns and Bengals won't do that to them. Probably but, not. But the Browns beat them last yeah. year, and you know. But history also tells us that the anyway. Ravens aren't going to go six and zero in the division. I don't think so. Either. They didn't last year. I bet they go four and two as well. Yeah, I mean they they lost to the Browns last year. And yeah, one of the Ohio teams get some ones. But I just thought it was interesting that he has the uh, South and the East in the NFC, AFC South and yeah. NFC East rated last, seventh and eighth, and the Steelers play those two divisions this year. We don't talk real highly about the Colts, but Colts, Titans, and Texans could beat anybody on a given day. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, or they could get beat bad by a team on any given yeah, day. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're world beaters, but I think they are dangerous teams. They're dangerous teams, yeah. right. I, it, much like the Eagles and the Cowboys. I think they're dangerous mm-hmm. teams, but I don't think that they're – a top tier. I don't think they're in that top five, six, seven teams. Uh, you you feel I differently like about that. About I think they're in the top twelve. Okay, but I don't know that I have them that high. I think they have some warts. See, I still, I like the Eagles a little bit better in terms of being a, a complete okay. team. I also like that coaching staff and yeah. the way they're constructed. And I'm a Wentz guy. I I mean I I like Wentz too, but. I, I just wonder about his long-term health because he's, he's second-round pick on a quarterback. Yeah, it's hard to ignore that. Um, I just think those teams, along with the Steelers, are in the conversation of next best after San Fran, Baltimore, KC, New Orleans, and whatever order you're going to put those four. Yeah. I think those four stand alone. I do also think this is that this is a win-now situation for the Eagles because they're $100 yeah. million dollars over the salary yeah. cap next year. This might be the end of the road. This could be the end of it for them. Right. They're in trouble, and no they got to pay Wentz, uh, you know. Dallas has to pay Dak. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, there's – some of those teams could be changing. Yeah. So, I, I just thought that was an interesting list no, to is, talk about. that. considering who the Steelers line up to play. The yeah. That's right. No doubt. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear that Mike Tomlin interview that he did earlier today with the media right here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.
Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and uh, Matt. That we're going to listen to the uh, Mike Tomlin interview. Uh, from earlier this morning, I just wanted to make note that the Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, Tomlin had a lot of good stuff to say today, a lot yeah. of uh, interesting stuff, and so I did want to give our listeners a chance to hear that directly from the Steelers head coach. And, and this would be a regular thing with him, huh? Uh, it looks like from? Thursday may be his day. Great. Obviously, you know, Tuesdays is the day during the regular season, but Thursday's a good day because he's had the much of the work week to take a look mm-hmm. at everything as it, as it takes Where place. you bring them to? Yep, we're going to do that. So here's what Mike Tomlin had to say earlier today. Good morning, all. Um, you know, we're doing similar things this week as we did a week ago since the last time we talked. Um, we're excited about getting an opportunity to instruct these guys um, in a physical way, in a classroom setting, uh, different than the spring. Uh, we're getting an opportunity to to, to show that learning on our feet in a walkthrough set, setting. And we're taking advantage of that. And lastly, we're getting an opportunity to, to display conditioning or improve conditioning. And we've gotten a good sense of where the group is. Um, largely the veteran players are, are a highly conditioned group. They answered the challenge that we pre- presented to them in the off season when we work remotely. And that is to come uh, in very good condition. That was the only thing that they could control, and that would kind of be a catalyst for us to move forward. We acknowledged that that was the jello that we couldn't get back in the box, if you will, if they showed up out of shape, uh, because it takes 12 weeks to have any real metabolic changes. We're all aware of that. So uh, that created the anxiety of working remotely in the offseason. So, so far, so good. Um, it's been fun infusing the young guys into that group as, as we as we go through these necessary things. Um, it is unusual to kind of be in the mode that we're in. We all, those of us that have been in this business, we kind of have an internal clock and there's things that you, you know, anticipate doing around August the 5th or so um, annually. And um, the fact that we're not there is an adjustment, but we're working to manage our emotions and focus on the things that we are able to do um, and that's the things that I outlined. And we also continually acknowledge that we're not in any way behind because all the other 31 teams are structurally doing similar things or in the same place. So with that being said, I'll open it up for questions. Okay, the first question is gonna be from Ed Bouchette. Ed, go ahead. Morning, Mike. Hey, Ed, how's it going? Good, thanks. Um, acknowledging you're early into this, what improvements at all have you seen in Mason Rudolph? And what expectations do you have for him entering his uh, third season? We're not in the working stage yet, Ed, um, to, to hit, for him to have you know, exhibited any um, significant improvements in any way. Um, and, and so that's a tough answer. Um, we're, we're looking forward to him taking a significant step this year. I think that's a reasonable thing. Uh, as he continues to mature, not only through time spent with us, but experience and exposure. And he's gotten some in-game exposure. Um, You know, it's going to be an issue for him not to get those quality preseason snaps that are so valuable for a young developing quarterback. But all the young developing quarterbacks have to deal with those circumstances this year and other positional players. It's just a, a function of where we are here in 2020. Okay, the next question is going to be from Mike Pursuta from WDVE. Mike, go ahead. 
Got me now? Mike, what's going on? Not too much, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned you had a chance to actually address the group. That, that, have you done a team meeting? And if so, how do you do that? Uh, you take them into the great hall and use a megaphone? Or how's, how's the social distancing uh, protocols work out? You know, we're, we're, we're doing different things and we're taking this transitional or this conditioning period, um, if you will, to, to try different things because we're all going into an environment now where you got some unusual considerations. For example, um, today in my morning team meeting, I met with the veteran players in person and I had all assistants and rookies uh, view that team meeting remotely from other parts of the building, either via a handheld device, iPad, or so forth, or we have uh, some in-house television monitors that they can tune in on a channel anywhere within the building and, 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 and participate in that meeting. So, you know, that's just part of normal procedure for us for 2020. We're not going to run away from that. Uh, we're going to try different things to become familiar with all the technology at our disposal in an effort to have the best learning and teaching environment. So that process is ongoing. That's just an example of how we did it today. All right, the next question is from Will Graves from the Associated Press. Will, go ahead. Hey, Mike, I uh, appreciate you taking the time this morning. I know today's the opt-out day for veteran, for players. To your knowledge, has anybody chosen to take that route yet? And then what is given, what gives you confidence that the NFL will, will be able to sort of pull this off? We've seen the obstacles that Major League Baseball has faced as they've tried to get going. You know, I, I acknowledge that today is the opt-out uh, deadline, if you will. Um, I, I don't have any knowledge of anybody on our team uh, that has any strong considerations in that way. Um, if that were the case, like I mentioned earlier, um, that is a very ind individual decision, one that we all uh, uh, would understand and respect and adjust. Um, and, and secondarily, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know that I'm extremely confident um, I, I respect the challenges that this, this circumstances has presented to, to other leagues, um, and, and some of which we're witnessing. Um, I think we're all, you know, proceeding with caution and working extremely hard not to become part of that. And, um, you know, we've got some people in leadership positions, Dr. Sills and other medical professionals that have led the charge for us globally in the NFL, and we're working our tails off to adhere to it. And, hoping that, that that is enough coupled with obviously personal decision-making that needs to be exhibited continually by our guys throughout the course of this. Okay, next question, Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette. Jerry, go ahead. Uh, Mike, hi, I have to assume that you watched Ben throw on uh, Monday and Tuesday, I believe it was. Just curious um, uh, what you saw, what you thought of uh, what you evaluated with, uh, with Ben. You know, I'm extremely comfortable with where he is in the process. Um, it's been great communication from and, and through him and, and the medical professionals um, through his rehab uh, process. I did watch him throw. Um, you know, I didn't see anything that was alarming in any way. His velocity is excellent. Uh, maybe his, his spiral could be a little tighter. Uh, I've seen it tighter, but nothing to alarm you in any way. Um, we're going to continue to proceed and, and proceed appropriately with him in an effort to, to have him ready to go uh, when we step into a stadium. Thanks, Mike. Next one, Joe Rutter from the Trib. Joe, go ahead. Mike, um, you, you talk about the development of players from year one to two. 
What specifically would you like to see from Devin Bush this year? And is communication going to be a big part of that? You know, communication is a big part of, of his general growth and development because of the position that he plays. Uh, he's a defensive quarterback, if you will, being an all-situation linebacker, one that plays in all down and distances and circumstances. And so, you know, he's the type of guy that has to be a hub of communication. Um, we were thoughtful about the things that we asked him to do in that regard a year ago. Um, he was challenged enough just to play and to, and to be as productive a member of the unit as he was for us. Uh, it's reasonable for us to expect him to take us a significant step uh, in those unofficial endeavors that kind of encompass his, his position. And so, you know, we're working on usual things and, and he's displayed, you know, the usual maturational, maturational process things. Uh, he showed up in great condition and, and that indicates an understanding of the nature of this thing that maybe he didn't have a year ago. And we'll proceed from there but there are some unofficial things that he has to embrace. And that's the things that come with being defensive quarterback, if you will. Next one, Brooke Pryor, ESPN.com. Brooke, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Uh, when we talked to Ben earlier this week, he talked about just the different perspective that he got on the sidelines, seeing the way the players communicate with each other, the way coaches communicate with players. And I was just curious, in the short time that you've had him back at practice this week, have you noticed a difference in the way that he communicates or his demeanor, leadership, anything like that? He sounded pretty excited uh, when he was talking to us earlier this week. No, um, as you know, I know you guys haven't had a chance to witness this. We haven't practiced yet. Um, we're, we're simply in classroom instruction and walkthroughs, and that's just further instruction, if you will, on your feet. So it hadn't been a lot of opportunity to, to witness what you suggest, but I'm sure he's excited and I'm sure that the group is excited to have him back and, and the leadership and experience that he brings. Next one, Dale Lawley from Pit, or DK Pittsburgh Sports. Dale, go ahead. Hey, Mike, uh, I'm just wondering, uh, you, you signed two veteran guys uh, in the past week and when the regular season starts, because of the COVID rules in place, is there going to be a, a lag time on how guys are going to be able to be signed like that? Are they going to have to go through the same protocols, the testing, uh, and, and all that stuff? Is there going to be like a three-day window when you sign guys there, off the street? There is a lag time um, as we sit here today um, procedurally in terms of the acquisition or the working out of guys. Um, but, you know, as the COVID environment is changing daily, I would imagine so is our information and maybe even our policy so but the things that we're working under today may not be the things that we're working under uh, in terms of uh, as we push into the season, but that is the circumstance today. And that's why you got to be thoughtful about kind of forecasting where you need to fortify your depth and so forth, because it will take a few days in an effort to get thoughts or plans into action in regards to the acquisition of players. Next question is Aubrey Bruce from the Sentinel. Aubrey, go ahead. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Great. Aubrey, how you doing? I'm good. Quick question, Coach. Last year was challenging to you because of all the multiple injuries, and you still pulled off an 8-8 eight eight season, which I think was great. But now compounded with this COVID situation, and you have a few unsure things from a personnel perspective, do you think this year might be a little bit more challenging? You know, I always come into the season expecting it to be challenging. Um, you know, I've been on this job 14 years. I've been in 
the NFL 20 years, and um, there's always a challenge. What what the challenge may be, or or the you know the the highlights, if you will, of the challenge, um, you know, it's t- it's difficult to forecast. But just from a mentality standpoint, uh, I think we all who have been in this thing uh, come into this time of year ready to embrace and 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 meet and hopefully overcome the challenges associated with the journey. A few more questions here. Next one is Jenna Harner from WPXI. Jenna, go ahead. Hey, Mike, good morning. Um, kind of along the lines of what Brooke had asked a little bit, we, when we heard from Deontay yesterday, he kind of just spoke to this excitement, this different excitement that Ben has. And I know you guys haven't gotten out on the field, but how have you kind of seen the wide receivers room really respond to the way Ben has kind of come in here being back? Again, sorry, we just, you know, it hadn't been a lot of opportunities for those type of things. Um, you know, we, we've got a new wide receiver coach in Ike Hilliard, and more than anything, the things that I've witnessed um, from that group is them getting familiar of, of working with him on a day-to-day basis um, in an on-field setting and things of that nature in a classroom setting. Um, and, and so they're in a very much in a get-to-know phase with their positional coach, and I think that that's probably the thing that's, kind of move to the forefront here at the initial stages. I'm sure that as we get into football and we compete a little bit, um, there'll be plenty of evidence of some of the things that you suggest. All right, two more questions. Jeff Hathorne, 93.7 The Fan. Jeff, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Um, just wondering, how would you describe Vince Williams' role with this defense, and how does he lead on that unit? You know, in terms of his role, in terms of the division of labor, um, you know, that's why we come to camp. That's why we go through the things that we go through. Um, just in terms of having worked with, with Vince over the course of his career, um, he's a formidable run stopper. That is his niche. Um, he's always been really solid in that regard. Over the course of his career, he's worked to develop other aspects of his game. Uh, his rush is, is something that has been noteworthy in recent years. His ability to to win as a blitzer versus backs is, is an asset to us. And uh, his football intelligence and communication skills have always been a solid component of, of, of his resume. So uh, we got a lot of respect for Vince and uh, we're excited about his contributions this year and some of the details in terms of what his role might be and how it plays out will be determined through this process. Okay, Thanks. final one before Coach has another commitment. Uh, Mark Caboli from The Athletic. Mark, go ahead. What's up, Mike? Uh, my question hey, is... Hey, what's going on? Um, not much. Um, with Munchak gone last year, you lost a voice in the offensive game planning room. Do you think losing that voice hurt? Plus, adding two seemingly strong opinion offensive people in Hilliard and Canada... Uh, you think they'll be comfortable coming in with specific game plan ideas when Randy's putting things together? You know, I, I acknowledge that change and transition is not only a component of play, but also a component of coaching. And sometimes you lose quality people and you get a chance to acquire others. So, you know, some of the veteran expertise that we might have lost in a in a munchak, we probably picked up uh, on the other side of the ball in the Terrell Austin, if you will. Um, there's strengths and weaknesses of staffs, just like there is of football teams and so I don't worry necessarily about uh, specific areas just the totality of us need to be what 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 our team needs us to be and I'm excited about this year's new mix and the and the strengths that they bring and also um, I'm cautious about 
you know, adjusting to some of the things that we might have lost through transition. I think that's just a component of staff development, just like it is um, team development when you when you lose and, and acquire players and so forth. That was Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin earlier today with the media. Lots of good stuff there from Mike Tomlin's interview. Yeah. Um, and as he does these uh, on a weekly basis, we're going to get more and more information uh, on different things and think of things that you have to ask. It's a pro- you only get one question. I it's bet like, that makes you crazy. Yeah. Oh, and then if somebody asks the question, you know, maybe you have two or three that you want to ask, but you're seventh or eighth in the queue. and <laughs> Two of them are gone. Yeah. Right, like, right. oh, what now? I-, I am interested in head coaches around the league. How much will they tell us on a weekly basis? You know what I mean? Some might be really open, like, boy, this is really hard, or this is really, yeah. you know, or people are I think they're all going to say that. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, but maybe. they're all in the same boat, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. At least we have a season. We have a season. Where I Hopefully, we're going to have a season, a full season. We'll see where that goes. Uh, but that's going to do it for this full show. Yeah, um, fun one. Yeah. So, uh, for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lolly. Stay tuned right here. We got Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats picking up the slack right after this on Steelers Nation Radio.